The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Trinity Sunday. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The sign of the cross. Words we say. A simple action we do. An outward sign in our belief in the Holy Trinity. The sign of the cross was originally done in some parts of the Christian world using only the right thumb across the forehead. Today, we still see this gesture with blessings using the chrism oil in the sacraments of baptism, confirmation, and the ordination of priests and bishops. The use of the sign of the cross traces back to the second century, being used in baptism, when washing before praying, and during times of temptation. Although there are other faiths which also use the sign of the cross, it is definitely the most outstanding sign that person is a Catholic. The Bible also supports the use of the sign of the cross. In Revelations we read, I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having the seal of the living God. Do not damage the earth or the sea or the trees until we have marked the servants of our God with a seal on their foreheads. Then I looked, and there was the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him were 140,000 who had his name and the Father's name written on their foreheads. Paul writes, but it is God who establishes us with, in Christ and has anointed us by putting his seal on us and giving us his spirit in our hearts. The theologian Scott Hain writes, The sign of the cross is the most profound gesture we make. With our words, we proclaim the Trinitarian faith, 
into which we were baptized and received membership into the church. With our hand, we proclaim our redemption by the cross of Jesus Christ. Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, the future Pope Benedict XVI, said, the most basic Christian gesture in prayer is and always will be the sign of the cross, as it signifies our reacceptance of baptism. There are many early Christian testimonials to this practice. It was their favorite devotion, as it required no special knowledge or skill. You didn't have to be literate to make the sign of the cross, or rich enough to own a book of instructions. All you needed was one working finger. Think about all the times when we use the sign of the cross when we come to Mass. When we enter the church, we bless ourselves with holy water. Some of us bless ourselves while genuflecting before entering the pew. The priest begins the Mass with the sign of the cross, and at the end of Mass, he blesses us with the sign of the cross. Before the Gospel is read, we make the sign of the cross on our forehead, our lips, and our heart. We bless ourselves after receiving the Eucharist. All of our blessings, the rosary, the beginning and ending of prayers, we use the sign of the cross. Usually on Ash Wednesday, a cross with ashes is traced on our forehead. People in the second century must have had a lot of temptations I found this quote from around the year 2000 when Tertullian, a Christian author, wrote, We Christians wear out our foreheads with the sign of the cross. In today's gospel, Jesus is creating the interconnection of the Holy Trinity. Christ tells us, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears. Christ is telling the apostles that the Spirit is not speaking of his own mind. Instead, he will speak whatever he hears. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and will declare it to you. Jesus is saying that he will pass on to the Spirit what is in his mind. Christ then goes even one step farther and says, all the things that the Father has are mine. For this reason, I said that he, the Spirit, will take of mine and declare it to you. So to summarize, Jesus is really saying everything comes back to the Father and is provided to us through Christ and then the Holy Spirit. So this shows us how they are all interconnected as one God and three persons. This also reiterates John's early verses about the Father being the source of Christ's teaching. 
Jesus had previously spoken, the words I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his work. Adding to this, Christ declared, and the word which you hear is not mine, but from the Father who sent me. There is no doubt about the Trinity is one of the greatest mysteries and one of the hardest mysteries to understand and try and give a similarity to in order to help people comprehend the idea. As Father has said, it's just a great mystery. But a couple of things that I have done that I'll pass on, maybe you can try. For your children or grandchildren, from a tap, fill a clear container with water. Put it on a countertop with a glass or bowl, an empty ice cube tray, and a kettle. Pour some water from the container into the ice cube tray and some into the kettle, and turn the kettle on. Put the ice cube tray into the freezer. Pull out a frozen ice cube tray and put some cubes into a glass or bowl. Children know that water freezes. Now, reinforce the idea that it was a liquid, but now it is a solid, or in another form. And if we leave it out, it will return to water. Hopefully by then, the kettle is boiling, and now you have some steam. You explain that the only thing you put into the kettle was water, but now again is in a different form, a gas. If we could collect the steam and let it cool down, it will also return back to water. It was all water, but now we have it in three forms, a liquid, a solid, and a gas. For adults, we have John Smith. He's the CEO of a large corporation. His employees call him Mr. Smith and treat him with respect. They see him as a leader. John Smith, to his friends, is known as Curly because that's what the nickname he received when growing up because he liked to imitate Curly from the Three Stooges. So they see him as a jokester. John Smith at home. He is called Dad, and by his wife sometimes, called Boo Boo, or other names of endearment depending on the day. They see him as a loving father and husband. One John Smith, but three different persons. A leader, a jokester, a loving husband and father. So as Father had previously mentioned, I have been reassigned to St. Michael's Church in Coburg. So this is my last opportunity to speak to you. Now I'm sure you all remember my first homily four years ago. When I spoke about faith and actions and how they are not separate but are intertwined and work together. 
I acknowledged and praised you for the 40 parish activities and ministry services that you have to offer to the needy and to yourselves. There is something here for everyone, from the youth to the senior, from the single person to the married couples with children. These opportunities are far more important than you may think. So let me say again, you should be very proud of what you have developed here in this church. You are the body of the church and have accomplished a lot in this parish. I hope that through my homilies, I have helped open God's word to make it easier to understand his message. Answered your questions you have about some particular verses. Being able to relate God's word to our present times and what his words mean to us today. Through relating to some of my own personal experiences, I hope I've been able to share with you how the Holy Trinity has been with me and increased my faith in order to help others and the blessings I have received from my ministries. I want to thank the Catholic Women's League, especially for what they're doing for me after Mass today, and for the Knights of Columbus for all the work you do. I also want to make a special thank you to the Knights of Columbus for their generous donations of rosaries for the men in prison that I serve. You have no idea what these rosaries mean to these men. I thank the priest I've had the pleasure and opportunity to assist, Father Paul, Father Eric, Father Israel, Father Isaac, and Father Craig. Boy, hearing that list, you think I've been here more than four years. Last, but most important, not least, I thank you all for your acceptance of me into your parish, for your kind words and your hospitality. Please always remember you are the body of the church. It is all of you that makes the church a comforting and welcoming place for all to come and praise our Lord and receive his blessings. For those watching the live stream, when you feel it is safe to do so, please consider coming back to your church to be with your fellow parishioners and receive the body and blood of Christ, which we celebrate next Sunday. I conclude with this short poem by Glenda Fulton Davis titled, It's Not Easy. It's not always easy to smile and be nice when we are called to sacrifice. It's not always easy to put others first, especially when we're tired and feeling our worst. It's not always easy to do the Father's will. It wasn't easy to climb Calvary's hill. But we as his children should learn to obey, not seeking our own, but seeking his way. It's not always easy to fight the good fight, but it is always good and it is always right. Thank you all for doing what is always right. 
You will always have a special place in my heart. God bless.